You're listening to Mastering Retention, presented by UserWise. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to today's episode of Mastering Retention. Uh, today, I'm super excited to have one of my favorite people on, uh, Jamar. You know, Jamar, we've been talking, you know, I think back since your Scopely days, yeah, uh, yeah, which was a lot of fun. And I feel like every time I get to talk to you, I just learn so much. So I'm so excited to get to share that with uh, the rest of the world today uh, because they should know all these amazing insights. Um, but yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love for you to give a little, you know, intro about yourself, your, your background, how you got into games and, and where you're uh, at today. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, my name is Jamar Graham. I work as a partner manager uh, for Unity. Essentially, I'm just a kind of technical support and uh, design support for publishers um, that we work with on the ad side. Um, just really trying to help people, you know, get ads into their games, optimize, do as best they can. Um, I come from uh, my previous jobs were at Scopely as a product manager um, for advertising, as well as Disney product manager for advertising. Uh, and then before that, I worked at tons of small companies. Um, pretty much my path into games, I think, um, is what used to be a traditional path. I started out in quality assurance um, at Activision, uh, worked as a production coordinator and producer at a lot of different uh, developers, um, just working on a variety of stuff, trying to learn as much as I can. So I've made games for PC and uh, back for the when the 3DS and the Wii were things and PlayStation <laughs> 2 and all, you know, everything all from old timing. Um, and then uh, luckily I've been really blessed to work in mobile um, in the last uh, about six years, which has been great. So a lot of great changes. Um, and um, it was really cool seeing everyone kind of like learn how this whole free to play mobile thing uh, works. And so it's uh, it's been a fun ride and, and very challenging. Yeah. So you actually got your undergrad in screenwriting, right? Yes. Yes. So how, how did how did that lead to, to gaming and to quality assurance? And has that affected anything? Yeah, no. So, yeah, it turns out uh, once you get a degree in screenwriting, you can't just immediately get a job as a screenwriter. Uh, you do actually need to have someone pay you to write something and it takes a while. So uh, the quality assurance actually was just kind of an entry level job that I had for a bit. Um, and I think one of the things that kind of helped me get through um, and advance as quickly as I did um, was screenwriting is a lot about formats on your creativity. So you can be as creative as you want, but you can't make a six hour movie. Uh, you have to, it has to be somewhere in between this time frame. It has to have, uh, you know, the hero's journey. The hero's journey has specific beats. You have to kind of write all that stuff in. Uh, games are the same way. Like you can't just put whatever in a game. Like it has to have a purpose, has to have a drive, has to attach emotionally to someone. Um, it has to have like an economic reality of being able to be sold <laughs> in some portion to someone. Uh, and so, you know, it's all these things put together. Um, I've always considered a, a great challenge and really interesting. Um, and so uh, that way it's really helped out. Also, I'm very judgy on movies now. So that's a side <laughs> note, very judgmental on different movies and TV shows. It's okay. COVID has not been good for, for my uh, movies. Now we like put them on at home and man, I don't know. As soon as I hit the couch, I just like fall. It doesn't matter how, how interesting the movie is. Just, I, I struggle with it, but that's cool. So it seems like a lot of your past, at least in the last, what, like six years or so has really been on the um, ad monetization side and such. So um, I would love to, to dive into some of that. Um, yeah. today. Um, I know a lot of games are heavily ad monetized or, you know, some are struggling on how to get there. Um, uh, but maybe we could just start with, you know, what are some common mistakes you've seen publishers making with their ad monetization strategies, you know, while you've been working yeah. in the last couple of years? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, ad monetization, it's just, it's a very weird job. Um, so, like, I don't think anyone I've ever worked with ever start out like, oh, man, I'm going to be ad monetized, sir. <laughs> like, that's just a weird goal. Um, but one of the things that you realize when you're when you're making games, um, it's, again, about that structure that I mentioned before. Things have a certain rhythm, um, and it's very easy to take it for granted. Um, but, like, for example, uh, back before streaming was a thing, watching television shows, um, you would kind of feel 
on a deep level when the commercial break was coming on. You would just watch it and you're like, oh, they're going to they're gonna end at this place. It's going to be a commercial break because the advertising um, fit into the narrative structure. Um, so you not only didn't have, you didn't have creatives who are just cre- focusing on the story. They were also focusing on where does advertising fit into this narrative structure. Um, same thing with games. Um, it's really about finding out how to make it fit within the structure, how to incentivize people to do things, um, learning a lot about like what makes people tick, why, why do people value certain uh, things, why do people do certain actions. So it's a lot of like focusing in on behavior and uh, you know just what makes us human uh, sort of sort of questions. Um, and I think you know to answer your question on like what's the common mistake. I think the common mistake is I'm going to throw in ads. That's the common mistake you see all the time. Someone's like, this game isn't making money. I'm going to throw in some ads and I'm going to make money. Well, there's a lot of that, lot, lot that goes into it. So you kind of have to have like an idea of where does ads fit? What type of ads fit? Um, how am I, how does this affect the relationship that the player has with the game? Um, and I can go into, and into it, but there's a lot of different ads and they, they're not, it's not a one size fit all. One thing that works for one game does not work necessarily for another game um, because people are different, games are different. Um, you kind of have to meet, uh, the ads kind of have to meet where the game is and where the person is. Hmm. It's very interesting. Um, so I, I've actually been talking to a, a game studio recently um, and I think they might be a very interesting case study. So they are historically uh, more of like a mid-core RPG type of studio. Um, and no matter how hard they have tried, um, they've never been able to get above like a 90% in-app purchase to like 10% ad revenue. Um, and I, I know that one of their biggest concerns is around the fact that, you know, most of the video ads that their players watch are between like, 0.5 cents and or like 0.05 cents to like mm-hmm. 0.8 cents um whereas like you know if they're looking at one of their games you know gem is somewhere between like two cents if they bought the hundred dollar pack down to like five cents if they're buying like the you know one dollar pack or whatnot mm-hmm. um and and you know you can come up with ideas so like uh one of the ways they monetize is kind of like merge dragons, you know, after you yeah. complete a level that you can like pay some extra gems to like get more stuff rewards. Um, so like they have those there. And I was like, well, you know, maybe you could just watch an ad and get double rewards. And they're like, well, yeah, that's cool. But if you actually look at the dollar amount of those gems that it would yeah. cost to buy that thing compared to the video ad, we're giving away like a hundred times the content. Um, so, you know, how, how would you balance something like that so that you don't break your in-app purchase monetization, but it's, you know, additive to your overall revenue? Yeah, I think when I hear, when I hear that story, I think it goes to another common problem I see um, of going, mo- ad monetization is just a way to make money like IAPS. It's like, it's, yeah, I'm trying to go try to find a way to just make as much money with ads as I'm going to do with IAP, but they serve different purposes in like the game structure. And if you don't understand that, you're going to have cannibalization, you're going to have bad results. Um, so to, to really quickly say that in-app purchases are in a game structure put into like uh, choke points in the, in the player's journey. The player would like to do something, something in the game is stopping them. If I pay money, I will be able to progress past this. Um, or if I want this thing, I will be able to pay money and have a higher chance of getting this thing. Um, those are great. Um, they uh, do not appeal to everyone. Um, you can never have an IEP that everyone's like, this is a no go. I'm going to go make a purchase. But for those who it is valuable, it is very valuable, which is why you can charge 100, 300, uh, X amount of dollars, because for someone who really wants to do it, it is extremely valuable. Um, ads uh, do not work that way. Um, you'll never be able to get someone to like spend so much money and time on uh, an ad and a break and a choke point. Um, just because like, if it's a choke point and you give someone an ad, well, if it's for free, everyone's going to do it. And then you're not going to have anyone charge it. And if it's for free, but it's also not valuable and you're not really getting past the choke point, then it doesn't serve a purpose. Um, what you want to do with ads is, uh, really focus on highlighting either really celebratory places in the game or highlighting kind of pauses and natural breaks in the game where someone wants to take a, a, a pause. So I would suggest uh, for something like the reward, the rewards, um, yes, I think a double reward is absolutely great. 
um, you don't have to give them the necessary necessarily the uh, the IAP purchase coins um, because at that point someone's at a very happy celebratory uh, time. I've just won. I am here for reward. Any reward you give on top of that is considered a bonus. Um, so if you give a re- and there's a lot of things in games that aren't necessarily tied to monetary value. Um, if you gave like an experience point bonus, if you gave a chance to do even better. So like one of my favorite ones is I've completed this level or I'm about to start this level. Um, and there's a, some sort of randomized drop in there. I hit this, I hit a button, I get a plus 10% on getting this randomized drop. Now, in actual, I'm a PM, I've written down the value of things, 10% is not a lot of money. But to a person, it was either get plus 10% or not get plus 10%. And all I have to do is watch an ad for 30 seconds. Well, I'm going to increase my odds for 30 seconds. Um, so even though it may not, for you know monetary value, be super valuable, for a user in that moment, they're happy. Um, it is a bonus. It's valuable to them, especially for something that's low, like 30 cents. Um, so you want to really just think of, uh, play around um, with what are you giving out on rewards. Um, you don't have to match always to IEP uh, one-to-one, like anything you give as a reward is a reward to a player um, and will help them uh, monetize or convert on the ad. (laughs) That's really good. Um, What's your recommendation on, okay, so let's say I'm thinking about this game again. So player completes the level, they get to choose, you know, maybe two free rewards and then they could purchase the other three. Um, So thinking about a couple ways that I might implement that, you know, with what you just said, um, maybe I add a third free reward but instead of like getting one of the actual items that you can buy maybe we just give them a little more soft currency or something like that it could be like a randomized amount of i I think gold is what's used in the game Mm -hmm. Uh, so gems are the purchasable one gold is like used for upgrading stuff Um, so like maybe it's gold or um if they did have uh randomized in terms of like what those rewards are um Mm -hmm. they could have like a little re-roll button with a video on it um and so yep. those would be kind of the ways that you might implement that. Or maybe a, a third version would be, I, I assume that it costs like energy to play the level. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, instead of having to spend the energy to play again, because you got the two star and you really wanted the three star, you can like replay the level, f- you know, for free for watching a video kind of a thing. I would, I mean, I would even take a step back. So, you know, in a game, once you've completed this level, the game will give you rewards. Those rewards that you give are free to the player. They don't know what the internal value of whatever reward you're giving is. So if I was designing a game and I said, I'm going to, every time someone completes a level, give them a hundred soft currency. Well, why don't I drop it to 70 soft currency and I can watch a reward ad to get 30 extra. So one, I was planning on giving you a hundred anyway. It's built <laughs> into my strategy. This is how much money I'm, uh, revenue I'm going to give you because giving rewards is very powerful and you need to give rewards to a player um, that's on there. Why don't you just add the rewarded video to that calculation? This is how much I feel comfortable giving out to a player. I'm going to take a, a percentage away. A player is never going to know that it, you know, and anything in the future, the parents wasn't going to know that you assumed you're going to get a hundred. Um, no, they're going to go, Oh, this is 80 and there's an additional benefit to it. So that's, that's number one. Um, I think, um, you know, thinking about energy and systems like that, I think those are very good. Um, I would also very much, um, focus on kind of your conversion funnel. Um, because for ads, you want to reach as many people as possible. Um, sometimes I've seen a problem with energy mechanic is that the conversion funnel is very low. Um, so by that, I mean, hundred percent of every day, you have hundred percent of your users who play the game. That's your, you know, your top of your funnel, hundred percent of your users. Um, there's going to be X percent that starts a level. Um, it's going to be a drop-off. Some people are going to start the game and go, I don't have enough time. Then a drop-off, they'll come up. So already you're down to a certain percentage. They didn't have a percent of people who are going to play a couple levels and then they stop. So then that percentage goes down even more. Um, Now you have, okay, I've played a few levels. I've literally hit the end and I want to continue playing. That percentage is usually a very low percent of your DAU. So I've seen like that um, usually being around 30% of your DAU. Now at that point, I'm trying to convert 30%. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to make a lot of money on it because this is an opportunity only 30% of the users see. You can make the world's greatest placement, 
no one, you're never going to get more than 80 to 90% of people to click on it because, uh, as I said before, people are different and they, we all have different uh, things that compel us. You're never going to find something 100% of people like. So now you're converting 20% of your users on a couple of uh, cents and you're like, why does my ad placement not make me any money? What I would do is I like to look at the top of the, uh, the user funnel. I have 100% of users who uh, come in. What can I show them? Once they've entered the game, that makes them go, oh, that makes a lot of sense for me to, to, to click on it. Um, that way, yeah, I'm showing it to, you know, 95% of my users. Maybe I still get the same per, uh, conversion rate as I did before, but now that DEU is so much higher and the amount of impressions I'm doing are so much higher. And I'm just making a lot more money. Um, yeah. I think in general, this is a stat that does not get tracked enough. Um, yeah. But percentage of DAU who watches an ad is the most important step. Like, don't, I think a lot of people over-indexed on impressions per DAU and they over-indexed on a revenue per DAU, which are great. But to me, those are subsets of the, how many people am I getting to watch an ad? I need to focus on how do I increase that number? How do I get that ad in front of more people? How do I get more people to watch uh, either, if they're not watching that ad placement why aren't they watching that ad placement? What type of person doesn't find this interesting? Let me find an ad placement that works for them. Um, it was a strategy I used all the time at, Dis at Disney and Scopely um, is find out who's not watching your ads, find out what their kind of persona is. Why would they not be watching ads? And then try to think of an ad placement that works for them because it doesn't matter um, which placement they hit. You just want to have at least, you know, ideal situation, every single one of your users watch one ad a day. That's idea. Yeah. You, you're going to make the most amount of money that way. Um, you don't need to watch have like a small percentage watch a million ads because you're actually not going to make that much money. Um, you really just want, let me find a way that every single person has at least one ad in, in the games play experience that they can watch. And then you'll make money and it'll be great. That's amazing advice. Um, I, I really, really like that. So uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, what are maybe some examples that people could think through that would be a really good, you know, placement that would get maybe 90, 95% of your players to see the ad when they come in and actually watch it, even if they don't have time to like play the game or whatnot. Oh, man, I've seen some really, I think, awesome placement ideas uh, out there. Um, for me, the, the ones I've always been most successful is a daily login uh, uh, ad unit. Um, my favorite of those. So you come in and a lot of times people, uh, games will have a mechanic. You come in, you give a, a good reward just for logging in. That's great. Um, a very simple ad would just be to have an ad to get additional to that one. That's probably going to be your most, your most successful uh, conversion. What I like doing, especially for games that are a little bit more competitive, um, is, uh, again, as I said, increasing the percentages. Um, if I'm a game where I have a character who has a certain strength, what if I have plus 5% for the next six hours? Oh, great. I'm going to click this button at the beginning of the day because I am now planning for the rest of my gameplay session, um, which is also a very important uh, thing is that players need to feel like if you're especially for rewards, if you're giving them a reward, it is immediately valuable and that they can immediately use it. So if you give someone for the rest of the time you play this game, you will be better. That is an immediate value that someone can in their head feel this is very valuable, even if monetarily it's not. Um, what I think a lot of people make a mistake of is they give hard currency or soft currency and they're saying, here, here's some more of this number, but there's no conversion to it. Like I get more of that number, but I don't have a compelling reason of why I want to use it. So it just is not as urgent for me to, to click on it. It's like, whatever. Uh, it's good. My number went up, but I don't really have a goal that I'm working on. Um, so I would very much focus on like, if you're going to give someone a reward, give them something that's going to uh, make their gameplay session better because also ads don't exist in a like little tiny like world by itself it's part of your larger game let's incentivize your players to continue playing the game like that's part of it like that's the reason why you're even giving rewards in your game in general you want people to continue playing ads should just be a part of that strategy how can i get someone to come back in the next day um yeah i think i've seen a lot of uh the last one is um kind of a gotcha reward uh, percentage system i think people um it's, it's extremely powerful, almost too powerful. So you have to be kind of careful about how you, how you present it. Um, but having a system where there is a chance that I can get a really cool reward, um, ads work really well with that as well. Um, just slightly increasing that chance. People, everyone wants to be lucky. Everyone loves playing the, the 
um, the lottery. Um, so yeah, just having someone be able to increase their chances or, um, you know, get a chance to get something really good. I think variable rewards, I think you mentioned before, is a big component of that. Like there's a chance I can jackpot. People will always come back just because it's relatively small. Um, I'm watching a 30 second ad. It doesn't cost me a lot of money. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just repeatedly do that for the chance I might win. And then if I do win, I feel really awesome. I'll continue doing it. If I don't win, I'm like tomorrow I'll win and then I'll continue doing it. So uh, I always love those, uh, those placements as well. That's, that's really good. You know, the, uh, the plus 5% damage for four hours actually reminded me of, so I, I really don't like ads in games. Um, at, at least I, I very rarely will watch them. I'm more of like a strategy RPG type player myself when I'm not just testing stuff. Um, but a game that I played adventure capitalist, they have a mechanic where if I watch an ad, I get four hours of double like coins or whatnot. And that was one of the few games that actually converted me. Like I would come in and I'd watch my ad mm-hmm. and I come back four hours later to play some more, watch another ad. And yeah, that, that is brilliant. I love And it that. goes back to like what I'm saying, the, the basic psychology is, is makes sense. Uh, you've entered the game. You are planning on playing a venture capitalist. You're playing it because you are planning to do really well. You have in your head, I'm going to make all this money and I'm going to go advance all these levels. And you have like a lot of hopes put into it. This ad helps further your goal that you had already. I was going to come in and play. This ad makes me coming in and play more efficient. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and click on it. Um, it's very straightforward and simple. Um, you know, your goal was not, I'm going to come in and get 100 soft currency. So you're just going to be less likely to be like, well, that's super useful. I'm like, no, it's not as useful. But your goal of just, I want to play and I want to have to do as best as possible. That's something that on a human level, more people kind of relate to. Also, venture capitalist has really good ads. Um, so I, I think that's just like, that's a really good game to, uh, to check out for just ad strategy. Yeah, that's fantastic. Cool. Um, so something that I like to think about a lot um, which is the concept of live ops, because I feel like games, and you've probably actually lived this, have gone from, you know, you used to have your Diablo 2s where they just kind of release it. And maybe there's an expansion at some point, and maybe there's like a small patch, but like it's largely like one and done. And now we're working on Diablo 3 or whatever Blizzard did in the meantime. Um, but, you know, now we've kind of shifted into this mantra of games as a service where, you know, players are expecting fun, interesting contexts and fresh experiences, mm-hmm. you know, every day, every week, um, because they're getting them from certain people. And I feel like the games that aren't doing that are <laughs> losing yeah. those players to games that are. Um, and so we've kind of shifted that into there. But like, where does live or like ads kind of fall into a live op strategy or have you seen any good ways that people have actually implemented them and and used them? So I will start off with, this is the biggest opportunity for ad monetization in the industry. People under, uh, put, don't put enough ads into your life off schedule, like in period end of story, like every game could be doing way better about that. And the reason why I feel like so passionate about it is goes back to your users or people. Um, what motivated them and what made them feel like had value changes as the, as they progress through the game. At the very beginning, you're just happy to get stuff. At the end, and you've been playing for months on months on months, you're trying to be number one. You can't, you don't have time for just random stuff. You need stuff that like focuses in on what you find valuable. So if I am, I'm playing a game and it's a, there's an event that's two weeks to be number one, all my attention is going to be put onto that. And I'm going to try to push away everything that is not part of that. I think that's where ads, again, can, can change from, okay, well, now we're just giving out something for everyone to, hey, person who is playing this who's super competitive, what can I do that makes you feel like you have an edge, that makes it feel like you have an ability to, to do a lot better? Um, again, but, you know, I go back to slight benefit, uh, buffs. If you're like a casual game, um, you can do slight buffs to a person to make them a little lot easier for the to do it. If you're not a casual game and you want to kind of keep your PVP integrity strong, sometimes just things like extra turns, extra, let the person play longer um, uh, for that specific life ops event. That's also something that makes a lot of sense. Um, it depends on, on which game it is, but 
oh my gosh, it frustrates me so much times when I play a game and there's a special live op event and there's literally no advertising in the game in that, <laughs> that, that event, but there's ads like everywhere else. And I'm like, okay, well, you just didn't like plan it into your, your schedule. And that's to me a simple change. It's just, um, I think ad monetization as a, as, a, in, as a people who work in games, we don't talk to live ops enough. I think live ops um, people often, they, they're under very strict, I need to make X amount of money on my IEP. Um, and so they're not talking to the, the, how can I supplement this with ads? Um, what's an easy win for me? Um, but I think that like, it, it has to be married because um, you're never gonna hit 100% of your users if you're not hitting the, the percentage of people who are in that editing content, the people who are just devouring the live ops. Yeah. No, that, that's fantastic. We might have to uh, sync up together and maybe do like a deep dive of like how you can actually add ads into your live ops events because I think there is a, a huge opportunity there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's right. Honestly, at this point, it's a technical issue. Um, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, as games, we 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 build these tools. Um, I know because I've, I've ran into this a million times. We build these tools, um, and we just don't think of everything. And then once we do think of it, like, oh, wouldn't it be great to add ads into our live ops? Well, I've already built my tool, so it never does. So now I'm like, oh, it's gonna take me so long. Um, so I think it's also getting people who are in there designing your game, and you're thinking about what that live ops strategy is. Just just go, okay, I want. I plan on having this as a thing that I modify every single time that it's a life op. So it's fast and easy for me to do. Um, you got to plan that out like early on. You don't want to spring on your, on your life ops person while you're already live for like three years. And now suddenly have to change their, their engine. Um, so yes, I think we should definitely do a deep live later because um, I have a lot of uh, strong thoughts about we can be making way more money um, and, and helping out players with these uh, life ops events. Well, Jamar, you, you touched on something near and dear to my heart, you know, as at UserWise, we are building the, you know, world's first player experience management platform or, you know, really advanced live ops tools. So, uh, yeah, we probably should take a look at how can we allow folks to be able to add ads into their live ops events and such too. So we'll, yeah. we'll definitely be thinking about that. Um, cool. Uh, so one thing you sort of touched on within the live ops stuff it was a little bit more about the player journey, yeah. um, which you kind of mentioned, and it makes sense. Over time, you know, you you get in and you start doing something. You're just kind of playing Clash of Clans. You still don't really know what you're doing, but eventually, once you get to Town Hall eight or nine or whatever it is, yeah. you start to actually understand the game and the the mechanics and everything, and you start to be a little more competitive or whatnot. And yeah, the way that I play is very different than when I started. Um, so. I'm kind of getting on the idea of segmentation here, yes. um, which is, you know, obviously grouping players based on their behaviors and where they're at and what they're doing. Um, how should segmentation be used in, you know, conjunction with ads? Have you seen it used well or not well? Um, so I've seen a lot of not well. Uh, so <laughs> me too, that one's a really easy one to do. So not, <laughs> so not well, I think a common problem I see is, uh, going back to your previous statement, you don't like ads. No one likes ads. Like, let's let's be honest. So a lot of times, um, people who care deeply about their players um, will take a very cautious approach. Um, usually the worst I've seen is when people uh, age gate as a player has to have played X amount of days um, before they see an ad. Um, I think... I disagree with that on kind of a fundamental level. Uh, so I understand that you want to protect your first time user experience. You want players to have a really good uh, time. Um, but to me, you're also telling the player what the game is. Um, and so if you have someone play for two weeks and there's never any ads, and then two weeks into it, there's ads, you've kind of lied to the player because you told them this game doesn't have ads. And then suddenly, oh, no, the game has ads. So we're, we're lying to you. Uh, we, we found out that you're low value. So we're going to just throw a bunch of ads at you. Like I've seen that a million times and it's it's always, it, um, it's self-defeating. So the people who are in the game who continue playing um, afterwards, they're not bitter. It's they're like, oh, the game's trying to make more money off for me. So they're less likely to engage with the ad. Um, the people who like uh, the people who are like super emotional about it, they're going to just stop playing. And so now you've lost that person and you can't monetize them in any other way. Um, so I very much put a caution to that. Um, what I think the best uh, segmentation strategy is hiding ads placements that do not make sense to player at that time. Um, so again, if I'm a new player and I'm in, 
Um, I don't necessarily need to watch an ad for uh, your hard currency because I haven't played long enough to actually know what your hard currency is and what the value is. So you can segment me out. Like, don't don't introduce me to the hard currency until you're ready to, like, you know, I'm going to start converting on it. Um, maybe introduce, introduce me to things that just make my character look cooler because I've just started the game. So I want to have a good impression. Yeah, maybe do some customization, make it look a little nicer. Um, that would be really cool. Um or say that again, I'm a I'm a player that's been playing for uh, for a while, um, and now I'm starting to get into the competitive part of it. Like I've moved on from the regular stuff. I've joined a glant, a, a guild. Okay, well now only show ads that are related to guilds, or only show ads that are related to like hardcore PvP to those players, um, because you know you don't want to show. It's a waste opportunity to show it to someone who doesn't care, um, and you're not. And it's also like if you show too many ad placements to people, it starts coming off a little greedy. So you do want to make sure every time you're showing ad placements, um, it makes sense to the person. Like, oh, I understand why they're giving me this offer. It makes sense in my personal journey. Um, and if it doesn't make sense, segment them out until it does. Um, yeah, but yeah, I so I, I think segment is really great. I don't think a lot of people do it correctly, um, but I think um, if you think of it in that way of just making sure it's it's applicable to where someone is in the player journey, um, then you'll then segmenting uh, makes a lot of sense. Cool. Okay, so so my next thing, I feel like we've covered a lot of really good stuff but I feel like a lot of listeners at this point might be kind of having some butterflies in their belly thinking about, okay, well, this is all great, but how could I possibly have the time to do all this? And you're talking about all these different placements for all these different personas and like, how could I even possibly begin to manage all that? Or, you know, what's the best way to get started and to follow along and actually do these things? Um, yeah, so I think uh, 100% understood because uh, I've, I've been there many, many a time. Um, I think you just got to start where, where are you at? Um, so as I said, I've worked at a lot of really small companies. I worked at companies where everyone who was in the company was in one room and it was six of us. Uh, and we're like, oh, okay, this is all of us who make this. Um, and so, yes, at that point, I'm not going to make six different uh, ad placements with 12 different ad uh, networks that I'm going through mediation, like that is way too much. Um, so for me, at that point, I would meet me where I'm at. What do I have time to do? I have time for managing one placement and maybe two ad networks at most. Okay, well, if that's the case, um, again, go back to the funnel, the trusty user conversion funnel. If I have to pick which one hits the highest percentage of people? Where can I go that I'm going to get the most bank for my buck that I know people are going to uh, or watch? It's going to be the most useful. I'm never going to hit 100%, but can I hit 60? Like, let me let me look at that. And so concentrate on, on that area. And then as I grow and our company grows and we have more time, then I've already in my head have a strategy of nice to haves. Man, if I had time, it would be great to put it here. Man, if I had time, it'd be great to put it here. And you can start just growing uh, the game along that way. Um, it, it just reminds me of so many examples of major titles that came out and didn't do any, didn't really do much for like a year or two. And it suddenly like blew up among us, uh, like just suddenly like blew up and like making all a bunch of money. Like you don't have to have everything in on your soft launch. Like, yeah, you can feel free to grow your game and make it better over time. Um, and yeah, so just kind of know your your time, know what's valuable, know what your best, biggest bang for your buck is. And that's almost always going to be, what can I hit the highest user amount? What one fits the best of my flow? Let me just focus on that. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Um, one thing you, you did touch on, um, which kind of gets back to, okay, if I'm shooting for 60%, but I find that even, even with my good ad placement in the beginning, I'm still only getting 20%. Yeah. Um, how do I figure out which users are not watching mm -hmm. and how do I, you know, figure out their personas or whatnot? Like what, what's the right approach yeah. to do that? Yeah. Um, so there's kind of two, there's two ways to do it. First way is the awesome, cool, I have data way. So if you're able to, you know, tag your user of this user's watch, this user hasn't watched, then, you know, you can go look at like people who don't watch how many levels do they play, people who don't watch what items do they have in their inventory. And you can kind of like use a very data first approach. Um, and that's the, that's the way I would recommend if that's an option. Um, if that's not an option, a lot of times uh, just the old fashioned uh, talk to a, a, a player, just talk to some players and say, do you watch ads? 
why or why don't you uh, have a couple play sessions in where um, where someone looks at it? Um, it I think a big question um, often that people kind of skip over is what does this ad look like and how can I optimize just the placement? Um, it brings me back to an example of I was working on a game um, and it was a uh, it was a match three game and you could retry for five more turns um, or you could pay money and you could just get the whole thing over again. Um, and so what you would see at the screen is you would come up and the game was mostly blue. Um, and you would see the buttons, the three buttons at the bottom, and these three buttons were variations of blue. And watch it add was one of those three buttons. Um, so what I said was, well, I'm a person who's just playing and I immediately see some blue buttons. I'm not gonna pay that much attention. I'm half paying attention. I'm just gonna hit a blue button, that retry or whatever. Why don't you make that uh, watch it add orange? So they changed it and that took zero money because it was just like change the, change the value and like, all right, it's orange now. Uh, that increased the uh, conversion by 70% because the reason why people weren't hitting it is because they didn't see it. They didn't see it because it wasn't part of their flow. And then when it became orange and it was like, oh, there's something new here. What is this? Oh, I can do it for five more uh, turns. Oh yeah, it makes sense. Um, and so it's not always necessarily that players just didn't find value of it. like. Be, like old marketing tool things. How am I, what words am I using? What colors am I using? Um, what iconography am I using? Am I using like uh, the, the play button that's just a triangle or am I using the one that looks like a film clapper? Like which one works the best? Uh, like these are all things that are like real easy to kind of optimize. Um, and it's kind of quick wins while you're, tr while you're doing the research of talking to users and, uh, and trying to understand what their personas are. Do you feel like uh, surveys can be effective? Like if yeah. I gave a survey to like a thousand players and I just asked them like, do you watch ads or whatnot? Yeah, uh, yeah. especially for people who, uh, again, to the example of I'm at a small company, I'm at a small company, I only have so much of me. Uh, surveys are way, way easier. Just send some surveys out to your some users and getting back the data um, is, is an ideal approach for that if you don't have time to like actually sit down and do long uh, user case studies. Great. Um, I'm trying to run the game. I think that it's nonstop night. Um, and it's been a while since I played it. And so it might've changed, but mm -hmm. at least when I was playing it before, um, you're kind of running around and you're like crushing all these enemies and killing stuff. Um, and unlike the typical kind of hyper casual game where you get like a forced ad, um, nonstop night again actually converted me with video ads so it stuck sticks out of my mind um but they would occasionally like you'd get a treasure chest or something and you'd have like 30 seconds to watch an ad to unlock the treasure chest otherwise it would disappear um what are your thoughts around like time-based oh. like limited you can watch this ad and claim it so I, yeah, I think when I, when I, when I officially advise people, I talk about variable ads a, a lot, but that splits up into two types and that's both variable into the commodity and variable into the time. Both are very useful. Variable time is something I don't think people use as much, um, but variable time is fun because it introduces fear of missing out. I know that if I do not click on this, I will do not know when I'm getting the, the next, uh, the next time to click on it. My favorite example is, uh, oh, I'm going to blank on the name of it, but it's an idle game um, that's a kind of a, a, you just hit the button, you're attacking a lot of uh, monsters. Um, when you return there, every once in a while, a fairy will come and float across the screen. There's no button, like nothing says what this fairy is. It's just something interesting that and, and cool that popped up. So, and I think the carry is like holding a treasure chest. So you, tap on her to be curious what it is. And it says, hey, uh, I'm a fairy, you're cool. Why don't you watch this ad to get some uh, some currency? And so you're like, one, that's delightful because I just discovered something. Um, so I'm already kind of excited about that. But two, that I didn't call for that fairy to come in and I don't know what triggers that fairy to come in. So if I say no, I don't know when I'm getting this opportunity again. And so that even more goes, okay, well, I know it's a, it's a user or loser situation. I'm going to go ahead and click on it, um, see how this experience is. And then assuming that the experience is, is good and, and, and upcoming, now I'm looking forward to, I don't know when this is coming, but I'm keep my eyes peeled because I'm going to need this extra, uh, the extra current currency. So yeah, variable time is great. I think nonstop night, as you said, um, makes a, it did a really well of by saying, do it now, or if not, I don't know, maybe I'll give you an opportunity later. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Uh, it's to kind of pushes you to go, okay, let me, let me do it while I have the time. Yeah, that's great. Um, so back on our topic of scaling up, um, let's say I've got a small team. Um, 
and I maybe start with like one or two ad networks. Maybe I just use Unity ads because it's, you know, there and I'm building within Unity. Um, you know, statistically, you probably are. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when is the best time to add more networks or, you know, to start to spend more time in there? Like, is there a right time where it's like, yeah, mediation is worth And like, what does it actually mean to add more networks in terms of like revenue and, and things like that? Um, yeah, no. So, uh, so there's a, there's a ton of a balance. There's a balance between I don't want to spend a lot of my personal time operating this, and I would like networks to fight against each other so I make as much money as possible. Um, so when you're starting out, oftentimes the I don't have time is going to win out. But eventually you start doing well, you're having MAUs that are like, you know, kind of the millions and you're like, oh, wow, okay, my, and my monthly users is pretty high, we're doing really well. Um, now I'm looking and my this ad network is one excited. So if you were using Unity ads, we're like, oh my God, we're the only person who gets to have all these users and we get to pick and choose our prices. That's great. Um, at that point, it would be like, yeah, I mean, you get this this uh, person for cheap at like $10 eCPM, but Google over here, they would pay me 15. Let me part putting Google in. And then, so now you're having uh, Unity goes, okay, well, I need to up my prices so I can get these high quality users. Well, now you just go, well, let me add Facebook because Unity, Facebook says she's going to take 20 because they have like lookalike data and they know that that person's really, really viable. Um, and so now you're just scaling up, up, up and up. Um, but it's a natural, it's a natural prog uh, process. Like at the beginning, you don't have time, fine, don't do it. Once you start having more time, you start having more users, there, you feel like, man, my, my users are kind of valuable. That's when I would really think about, all right, let me take a mediation uh, uh, approach. Let me work with ad networks um, and let's see how, let's see how this world goes. Um, it is, it's not a, though, the deeper you go, the kind of the more time consuming and the bigger your team is. Um, but I think, uh, I think a thing that's really cool is um, iOS 14 uh, privacy notwithstanding, uh, we're moving into a world of a lot more automated bidding. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of mediators out there that um, you can slot in a bunch of ad networks and the kind of pain and hassle of, of trying to manually get these people to fight against each other gets taken away with this bidding world. Um, so I think that is like something that's really been useful for people, uh, developers um, who have been looking into it, like definitely look into bidding. I think that's a, that's a great solution. Um, definitely look into um yeah, bidding's great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I think I forgot what the second one is. Bidding's great. I would look into that, yeah. and if because uh, that's like that's a way that you're going to kind of have your cake and eat it too. You still yeah. need to update SDKs, which is always a pain, but uh, at least it's a, it's a it's a limited pain. Yeah, that's great. Okay, um, well, we are getting close to time here, but there is one subject that I'd like to touch on some more, and that is the uh, concept of data and analysis. So um, I do know that uh, IronSource recently, I, th I think I just saw something came up with like a uh, A-B testing solution that you can do uh -huh. for like vetting networks against each other or things like that. But um, for me, if I'm, you know, running a game, I feel like what's, you know, more important is like comparing things to like my retention rates and, uh -huh overall engagement rates and things like that. And for those types of things, I feel like you kind of need like something in-house or something like Tableau or Amplitude or game analytics, but like what is the best way to uh, actually test and implement and A-B test different placements and things? Because like, okay, my goal is 95% of my users watching one ad, you know, per yeah. day. Um, you know, how can I test different things until I figure out what is actually going to get me there? Yeah, uh, that well, that is a that is a big that is a big topic um, that we can go on for hours for. Um, I think so. One, your sentence of like, if I want to get real deep and I want to really know about my players, yeah, you're not going to be able to use the ad network or mediator solution. You're going to have to build your own one and use, uh, you know, get a couple of data scientists with PhDs in, and you're going to be able to do some cool stuff. Um, assuming you don't have all that that cool things to do, um, I always go back to. Uh, focus in on what focus in on what question you're trying to solve. Uh, so if you're putting in a placement and you would just like to know how many people, what 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 am I most likely to click on? Am I most likely to click on this A or am I most likely to click on B? Just focus the data on that. How many people saw it? How many people clicked it? 
often you put in a third question, did they return? Uh, like, how, what was the retention afterwards? Um, just focus in on those metrics. Something like uh, Iron Source or any other mediation uh, should be able to give you those like basic data points. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, that's really, it. it's just really like, I think a lot of times when people do A-B tests, uh, one, I because I have many data scientist friends, please give yourself enough time to get data. Don't peek at the data a day or two into it. Like if you say this is a two week test, just literally close it, the browser, do not look at it for two weeks, open it into in two weeks to see what the data is. Cause oh my gosh, do people like peeking in and then making uh, decisions. Um, but uh, it's just right what the case, your case is. How long do I want to do this? Um, what do I expect to happen? That's, you know, basic, you know, scientific method. What do I expect to happen? Um, what am I trying to get happen? And then you can be able to compare the data and say, okay, did this happen or not? Um, and then do some follow-up questions um, based on, on the results. Uh, but really go back to the, the data, you know, your scientific method, getting a hypothesis, getting what you want test to do, and just really focus in on just a couple of metrics. Don't try to put in every metric mm -hmm. in the world because you're just going to lost in data and it's going to be real confusing. Yeah. Um, for folks that are more on the early side or are, you know, using like a soft launch game, one of the things I always hear is that it is very hard to get statistically relevant metrics when you have a soft launch games, especially around monetization. And usually that ties to in-app purchase type monetization yeah. and such, but like, um, are there certain number of users that I should have per day that I can actually get relevant info for this ad monetization, or does that fall into monetization that I can't really figure out exactly into soft launch? There I is, more? Uh, that's another two answers to that. So there's the proper way of there, uh, you get a person with a fancy PhD, they can tell you what the statistical, relevant, uh, statistical number is, and then you just hit that number. You get this many instances, that's when it's statistically relevant, it has to have this percentage, that's statistically relevant. So you can do that, that's the recommended way. I've never seen anyone ever do that, but I've seen data scientists repeatedly asked that we can do it that way. Uh, no, what you really wanna do is, the, the kind of the, the actual answer to that is as long as possible. That's the actual answer. Like you want your tests uh, to last as long as it is financially viable for your company. Um, if I'm in soft lunch and I'm trying to prove out some metrics because I need to get director level approval of some change, I need to know, well, how long does this person need to wait until they get an answer? And I need to make my test best on that. Like, hey, he got to answer by the end of the week. I guess I have a four day test. You know, if I, you know, he, he's like, Hey, we're going to look for a month or two and then reevaluate where we are. Uh, I have a month or two tests, um, you know, really just try to get it as long as possible in that. And, you know, it's, you, there's not, it sucks. Like, it's just a common problem that you go into one, your data is never going to be clean. You're going to have some sort of weird data problem. You're never going to have enough data and you got to make decisions based on it. Just try to do the best you can and then make decisions based on what you have. Um, there's, it's, you know, trying to make sure you have a perfect world. It's just not going to happen. I've never worked in a company that had a perfect world. Uh, so don't feel bad. Just do the best you can know what the principles you want and try to get there. Cool. That's great. So um, I, I know we're about out of time here, but um, any like parting thoughts or things that you would like to share with people that are, you know, thinking about ad monetization in their games? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would like, I think two thoughts I have is one ads don't have to suck. Uh, like if when you're making ads, just don't go, this is terrible. And I'm going to, I'm only doing it for money. Like try to make it as good and possible as good as possible. Like people, you know, your gamers will appreciate that. Yours will appreciate it, that you really care about the experience and that you're trying to make it fit into what, what's going on. Um, so one ads don't necessarily suck. Try to get out of that mindset. Um, and I think two, um, on top of ads don't, ads don't suck is ads are like, part of your game. So if you have someone who's only focusing on ads, make sure that person's getting a step, a step back and talking to literally anyone else in the company of like, okay, this ads are doing okay, but like, am I hurting IAP? It's, or what's the user sentiment around there? How does like play the game? How does it feel like to be in there? Um, because if you can have a, a game that has like the world's greatest ad uh, metrics, 
but if everything else sucks, the game's not doing well. So, you know, I think um, that one's more to my fellow ad monetization people. Uh, it's, it's just like a word of advice. Like, don't don't be in your little corner only looking at your stuff. Uh, go out there, talk to everyone else, because at the end of the day, your user uh, is not judging just the ads or just the art or just whatever. They're judging the entire product. And so you need mm-hmm. to make sure that you're fitting in well with it. Yeah. Um, well, one, one thing I did think of as you were talking, I, I know I said no more questions, but, um, you know, is a five to $8 CPM like where I should be if I have millions of monthly active users or, you know, what is the right range that I should be targeting? Yes. The right range is as much as possible. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a common problem I come into is people are like, I'm trying to hit this number. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense for your game. Um, it's like, it depends on way too many things. Uh, where's your users located? Uh, how many users do you have? How many impressions are they watching? That answer is so complicated that I, I oftentimes tell people, do not look at your ECPM. Like eventually you do, you need to like optimize it. But at the beginning, don't look at your ECPM, just look at the metrics that actually move the needle. Am I converting users? Are users continue to uh, retain? Um, and if you have that question answered, then increasing the ECPM will come um, and will naturally be an outgress on that. Um, but don't don't get stuck into the I need to get five to eight dollar ECPMs. And also, don't fall for ad networks who are just like we have the world's greatest ECPMs. Everyone's going to say that. Like it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like it's it's a meaningless sense. Just like go go with someone who can who can fill. Go with someone who you trust and you can work with. Never yeah. fall for this the easy ECPM uh, trap. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, so, you know, you work at unity, this has been super insightful. Um, does, does unity actually have people that like, if I have a game and I want to talk to and and run ideas about like, Hey, here's a placement idea. Like, you know, is that something that I can reach out to folks about? So yes. Uh, so yeah, no, I mean, that's literally all I do is I talk to to, to people about it. Um, yeah, no, uh, Download Unity, look at and put the Unity ads SDK in. Um, yeah, we have a lot of different, I actually have too many uh, programs, so it's hard for me to remember, but <laughs> we have a game growth program. We have uh, managers who are there to uh, who are available to work with you. You have people like me, um, just kind of like download it and then start asking around, get, um, get some connections and, you know, we'll get you in. Um, and believe me, if your game makes a lot of money, we will find you. So don't worry too much about that. We will we will go in and be like, we can work with you. So they'll find you and help you make more money. I love it. Um, cool. Well, last official question or unofficial, as you might say, uh, because we are in the Mastering Retention Podcast. What's one tip or trick you have for folks looking to increase their retention? Yeah, uh, I think the well, let me keep it on added monetization. The one thing that for uh, teaching retention is make sure your ads don't crash. That's number one. Um, it's a common problem. Please have metrics around it. Please make sure your ads aren't crashing and that you're not serving like weirdo ads. Um, it's surprising, but at many big companies, we had games that had ads crashed and we just never knew. And then we checked and we're like, oh, that's what was hurting retention. Then we fixed it and retention recovered. So <laughs> number one, ad monetization, uh, do not have ads that crash. That's my, that's my, my retention tip. Awesome. I love it. Well, Jamar, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, If people do want to get in touch with you, is there a good way to do that? Yeah, uh, go ahead and uh, email me at uh, jamar.gram, G-R-A-H-A-M, at unity3d.com. And uh, yeah, I'll try to get back to you. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Have a great one. All right.